it's a corner they get. And it's Jack Byrne again. Over the head of Lopez. Skills get the header. It's gone through and it's in. And it's Aaron Green who's got the breakthrough for Shamrock Rovers. Yeah, again, Dundalk and done by a set piece. Like I said, that's on on marking, losing players. First header for Rovers, a good header down, and Aaron Green just backed off, peeled off to the back post. And deservedly for Rovers, they've been a better side from about after 10, 15 minutes of the first half. Started the second half on the front foot again and deserve, deservedly take the lead. It was Gannon. McMillan. Shields. Gannon's continued the run. Lopez goes with him. Gannon gets support here from McElhenney. McElhenney's cross, Sloggett couldn't get there. McMillan! Oh, he's made it! David McMillan in off both posts. And Dundalk are back in business. Yeah, Rovers will be sick because they've dominated this game after 10 minutes of the fourth half. It's a brilliant finish. I said earlier on, McMillan's been quiet, but in fairness to him, it's a fantastic finish that he's come up with. Like you say, catches man as a near post, off the near post, ricochets to the far side, off that post, and in. Dundalk back in the game. Here's Duffy's corner. A bit of pushing and shoving there. The it's a penalty. It's a penalty to Dundalk. I think it's Liam Scales, he's, he's pointing at is it, and he's the one ended up on the ground, but the referee's fairly adamant that he's given a penalty kick, and what a turnaround this could be within the space of a few minutes, here we see it, ball into the box, we've seen it before, yeah, he's just got hold of him, Scales, hasn't he, and just turns him around, and get a closer look at it here, and a lot of grappling going on, and difficult to see from that angle, to be fair, it looks like both players are pulling each other, but referee is right there, and straight away, no hesitation, gives the penalty kick. Well, it just said a moment ago, he didn't get him onto the spot in the quarter-final against Bohemians, and here he is against Alan Manis from the penalty spot, David McMillan, and he sends him the wrong way, and Dundalk, in the space of three minutes, are now 2-1 up. Yeah, it's incredible football, but just shows you Rovers dictating the game, playing around Dundalk at time, and then that break, little break off the ball, Macmillan, fantastic finish from Macmillan. Again, penalty nice and calm, wasn't he? Slots away, very, very easy. You know, steps up, man, is a very good goalkeeper, he's calm and assured, puts his foot through it, right in the corner. All of a sudden, Dundalk looking out of the game, no ideas, now lead the game 2-1. Jack Burns corner, Lopez, oh, yeah! there's another one! It's an absolutely fantastic header from Roberto Lopez, and again Dundalk done their set piece. You know you got to pick up people. You can zone and mark all you want, but once people get a run, you're in trouble. And it's a fabulous header. It's a brilliant ball again, Jack Bourne, but he's up to Hoyt Lopez. What a header into the far corner! Brilliant goal from Roberto Lopez. I'm sure Rovers are delighted. He's back in the team now. Free kick coming from Flores, floated in invitingly. Out to Mountney to put it in the danger zone. It's Sean Hoare who's done it. Yeah, there's a bit of luck about this goal, isn't it? But you make your look in cup finals as well. When he come on as a sub shoot as well, and for Garton in the extra time, we'll see you here. Ball's played into the box and it's headed out. It's cleared by Rovers and. Now he just throws his leg and it mishits it completely and Hor gets it. I think it's another deflection as well. Here we see it. Only mishits it completely. Hor sticks his leg in it and it goes in off Liam Scales' heel. Um, and takes it away from Manis into the far corner. 
Flores. Flores looking for Kelly. Mount Kelly. Man through the middle is McMillan. And a cup final hat trick for David McMillan. And that surely is that. There's not many of them performing hat trick here at all, suppose. A brilliant finish was a great play from Dundalk. Rovers toiling everybody forward up the pitch. Kelly did really well. That pace you spoke about coming off. Gets himself lead up down the right hand side. But what a finish from McMillan. Nice and calm. Didn't panic. Good play to break away. Forrest does well and rolls the ball in. It's a great ball, isn't it, for Kelly? And he just turns it into the path of McMillan. Takes one touch out of his chest and smashes it into the corner. Brilliant finish. Brilliant hat trick from Dave McMillan. Makes himself the joint top scorer for Dundalk this season with Patrick Hooban, the man whose injury gave him his place in the cup final. And my goodness me, that's a finish and a half to crown of what is sure now to be a victory for Dundalk. And David McMillan, in his second time with the club, is going to be a cup winner yet again. 11 goals in the Europa League and the FAI Cup some season. Welcome to episode 31 of the Men Who Save Football, the Dundalk FC fancast. We are here to discuss a victory in the FAI Cup final in spectacular circumstances. Gentlemen, last episode, you all seemed to be a bit negative. Uh, change of mood tonight? I was what? negative up until uh, maybe the, the third goal went in, uh, to be honest with you. But uh, yeah, no, um, I was very negative. I mean, I'm not negative. I mean, I, I think like most people, um, I think that we were the underdogs. Uh, I think Shamrock Rovers on merit were the favourites. Yes. Um, I think for most of the game, they played better than us. Uh, I'm not going to deny that. They, despite all the euphoria, they definitely shaded us on the field for most of us. But the final score <laughs> reads uh, Dundalk 4, <laughs> Shamrock Rovers 2. So that's what counts in a cup final. I have to say, like, cup finals going back to 2002. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't think we're going to get much analysis tonight like we usually do on this cast. I think that we're all on pure emotion right now. And that was that was a game like I think most of the cup finals in the Aviva have been just exercises in tension. And I think last year's was that that roller coaster was condensed into essentially the final minute and then the three minutes of injury time. I thought we had seen it all there. But even with no crowd present, you know, it was almost hide behind the sofa stuff at, at times. I mean, I think we have to admit Shamrock Rovers played really well. And you got to give them credit. They did play uh, a fast, dynamic style of play. I was looking at them ganging up on us in trees and fours, moving the ball around. And that seemed to be like, it was even for the first 10 minutes. But to me, there seemed to be a very, very long stretch of the game where they seemed to be in substantial control. And we were, we were sort of, you know, we were getting a look in here and there, but it did seem to be very much going in their favour. And then when the goal arrived, you know, the, the, the anxiety that it wasn't going to be our day probably rose a little bit. But we did see a transformation that we did, we did get a goal. We, we, took that, we took that chance when it presented itself. David McMillan, once again, like he's done in Europe, just showing his absolute quality. You give him a chance, he's going to score. And it was an absolute clinical finish from sort of a half chance. Probably the first moment of real quality when we had put uh, a decent attack together. Uh, good delivery, 
Uh, awkward touch to take control of it, but still, McMillan's finishing. You just got to say, absolutely ruthlessly efficient tonight. Squeezed it in off the near post, trickled along the line. It seemed to be there for five seconds. I thought if this hits the post and comes out, or I'm just turning off the TV, going for a walk. Uh, but it snuck in. The penalty arrives right thereafter. We're right back in it. You think when we see this out for 20 minutes, it's Dundalk FC. Of course you can't see it out for 20 minutes. We concede again. What is it? Our our fifth conceded header goal this week. Uh, lads, come on. We're not qualified as coaches. Don't want to bring that up. But headed goals, you know, we, we, we want to see them addressed. We want to see less of them. And so we were back on tender hooks. And then injury time, you're thinking penalties. Uh, it's it's going to be, you know, a, a reprise of last year. It's going to be a lottery. That's not how it turned out. Any of you want to take up the story of the game from there? I don't know. He got over the bit I wanted to cover, which was like, <laughs> uh, I suppose, most of the rest of the game. That um, I thought, like, in, in the first half, we ran out of steam. Uh, and I think some some tactical errors in our part. Like, I think Sleel, uh, Shields and Sluggett, who had played together, like, most of the match in Malta, uh, I think... A brave decision to play them again uh, as a pairing in the middle of the field and I think McElhaney was the, the one who was trying to link with McMillan like more than he was trying to dig in and help Shields and Sluggett and I think come you know 30-35 minutes on the clock they, we just ran out of steam totally in the midfield and they began to dominate and what worried me really is that we didn't try to address that really in any way. Uh, I think we had three at the back Mark and Aaron Green uh, who didn't do very much to be honest like apart from his goal uh, I don't think he really threatened very much and I think that was a tactical error as well uh, I think we could have and should have, you know, stuck an extra man in midfield and dominated that, but we didn't, and we persisted with that right up to the 70th minute. Uh, and even Rovers were the the first to make a change before we even did. Uh, I was absolutely stunned at that. But you've got to admire, like McMillan in particular, like just his dogged determination uh, for that first goal to like just, you know, get to the ball after the been a slip. Wonderful finish. You know, again when the the, the penalty propped up. He was straight there to pick up the ball, stick it in the back of the net. Like it was, it was wonderful to see. And I think when we move on to extra time, uh, I think we finally made some changes uh, in terms of bringing on Mountney and uh, Sean Hoare, who got the goal. And I think Mountney in particular brought like a much better energy to the midfield. All of a sudden, we were able to press them again. Uh, you could see that they were really struggling to get the ball into to midfield, either into McInef or Jack Byrne at that stage. Like they weren't able to turn on the ball, they weren't able to play it forward, and we were starting to push them, you know, further and further back. And even though we weren't creating a, a mountain of chances ourselves, we were still preventing them from getting into the final third and getting at us at all. And uh, I think the short our goal, he will be really glad to claim it. You know, uh, I I still think his last cup final goal was one of my favourites ever, a towering header against Cork City. I think this one, you know, won't be quite up there with the the levels of quality that. You know, he'll be looking back on, but at the same time, he won't care one bit. Uh, it was a great finish. And I think, you know, Davies Hattrick was just, you know, a, a really good ball from Daniel Kelly as well, who, you know, had a bit to do with the, the final ball into uh, Davy, but, you know, put it, you know, sort of on a plate for him, good first touch, you know, not to pass menace. And, uh, you know, we were just in dreamland after that stage. And I know we'll complain about what happened, you know, earlier in the game and that, you know, maybe the tactics weren't right and things like that, but who cares? Uh, that was just fantastic. Yeah, amazing night. That was absolutely brilliant. That's just what it was like. Um, it, it was unreal. To say it was a game of two halves, you can split it right down the middle and just like elongate like the, the starting whistle, but the end whistle, it definitely was all rovers for the first half of the game. 
And I think then, I don't know what actually happened, but we seem to kind of just put a, put a foothold on it and, and just take control of the game. But there were certainly, if you were to call it after 90 minutes, I think you would say definitely with, with, their, with their possession and the quickness of their play, if they deserved it on the 90 minutes. But like, they didn't really deserve it on the 90 minutes because the scoreline was at two balls. So there you go. We got into the, into the extra time and I think we, I th- I think we were much, much better side. Um, it was an amazing night. I just wish we were there <laughs> because it was just four two beating Shamrock Rovers, the Invincibles of an eighteen game season. It's just it's brilliant. Sorry, I'm going to disagree with you is a wee bit on one thing that I don't think Rovers were that good. Like I say, I think we tired very badly after you know thirty thirty five minutes, and I think they had a lot of the ball, but they didn't carve us open. Like the goals that they got. From corners, which, you know, uh, again, we can say uh, we have not performed well on in the, the past while. And they had a lot of corners. Uh, but, you know, we give away some cheap free kicks. The referee gave them some dubious free kicks as well at the, at the same time. Um, and so we put ourselves under pressure a little bit from set pieces. But I think, like, did Rovers do anything special to really carve us open? Yeah, they had some nice triangles, like, here and there, uh, passing the ball around in midfield. But I don't think they were anything special. And I think, honestly, if we had had several players with, you know, let's say, eight or nine days' rest uh, under their belts. Uh, that's it. I, I don't think the game would have followed that pattern at all. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to give all the credit to Dundalk in this case. Yeah, I just want to say on that as well, I, I don't think that Rovers were that dominant. Um, I think they shaded us, and I do think energy levels were a big part of it. I think on the night, they looked like the team that had prepared better for us, but I don't think they looked like a team that were that much superior to us. I, I really, I say with Martin, I don't think that we were played off the park like that I think we clearly had an energy problem uh, and I think the energy problem can be directly related to uh, a European away trip um, honestly though I, I think that uh, I mean they were, they they shaded us for most of that game but shaded us and I think they had, they had more energy but we were never overrun we were never back to the wall I felt I mean, it did kind of swing back and forth regardless of, of the degrees to which you think it did uh, probably a, a fine advertisement for the neutral, although it's always hard to tell when you're so emotionally involved in these games. Like I say, you know, you probably have to watch this game a couple of times to really view it with a kind of objective lens. Because I mean, for me, that that was quite an emotional roller coaster. The emotions kind of began last night when the Shedside Army put on their flair performance in the uh, in this square, and I have to say. Um, that really, that really kind of gave me a boost and perhaps it gave the team a boost as well. And it seemed to remind us all that the fans are still out there. They're still very much invested in the club and they were doing what they could to, um, to you know, express their support. And I have to say, you know, seeing that kind of going around Twitter and getting on social media, it gave me a real lift. Uh, perhaps it gave the players a bit of a lift too. Or, but I just didn't want a, I didn't want this celebratory episode to pass without giving a shout out to the Shedside Army for thinking of that and getting the folks together to do it. I thought it was brilliant. So congratulations oh, to everybody involved. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It was, uh, it was great to see it late last night when it popped up on Twitter, and uh, yeah, it made me actually quite emotional to see it. I was like, oh wow, that's that's something special, and I wasn't expecting it. It was just phenomenal, brilliant. Well done. Yeah, no, I, I was, it was it was brilliant to see, and I think when it, the messages started coming through last night, it was uh, some display, and it really was like, you know, like 
it, 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 it did mean something. It meant like we're still in this. The fans are still in this. Can't be in the stadium, but everyone's behind them. But it was well impressive and uh, just goes to show that for all the grumbling, and let's face it, we, <laughs> we might be the podcast of grumblers and I might be the grumbler of grumblers. But uh, still love them and want them to do the best, you know. I mean, bar a handful of people maybe in the town, you never ever want to see the town lose. You know what I mean? Like, we can complain all day long about who pulls the strings or who does this and who does that. I'll never, ever, ever want that team to lose. And you never want them to lose a final and you never want to see them lose a final against Shamrock Rovers. Um, so I think that energy was behind it. And I, I, do, I do think it was a bit more poignant because we haven't had a great year, right? We haven't. And this was the last chance saloon. This was the, we, we, we've been saying it for weeks. This is the last chance to do something magical. And we did it. And last night's display was magical. Uh, maybe the first 70 minutes of the game, whatever, were not magical. But uh, it became magical in the end. And listen, I'm going to get philosophical here, but if you, you keep going on and you never give up, it comes out in the end. But it's, listen, form, who runs things, who's behind the wheel, who picks the team, whatever. It doesn't matter because we won the cup. Yeah, and we've got another game to come, of course, and then we probably will do a, a season wrap-up. Uh, so we've got plenty of times to return to grumbling, but tonight should be one of celebration. This will be a celebratory podcast, and we won't get into that, but I would say no to that. Um, I think what could really cap off the buzz from tonight in the coming days is some announcements of some contracts being re-signed. Um, and I, no, I, I do say this. Like, I mean, honestly, I have been highly critical and I will continue to be highly critical of aspects of the club. I think tonight is pure 100% positivity. Yeah, but no, um, I think uh, some, um, some re-signings being announced, I think would roll tonight, what happened tonight. Um, and I know the team are going back to the town now and people are going to meet them in the Hill Street Bridge and all that kind of stuff. But I think from the other side of things, what would be really amazing to finish off this season. I mean, the Arsenal game, by the way, listen, we all know the European campaign is over. But um, the, uh, th- that's great. I mean, to play Arsenal at home is a great occasion as well. But what might bookend all this stuff is, yes, yeah, some squad announcements. Yeah, I think part of the reason that we kind of were a little bit grumbly in the last episode is fundamentally, right? Football's about emotion. It's about the emotional investment you put into your club, into your team. We, we really value a lot of these players and we want them to stay. And I think the anxiety of not knowing exactly what's going to happen is, is, is probably playing on everybody's mind. Alan Cawley said it in the post-match punditry. He thinks it would be an awful tragedy if this group of lads were allowed to just go to the, to the four wins and end up everywhere and anywhere. Uh, there's certainly a lot of character. I think the full squad really was, you know, we had a lot of guys come off the bench to make really big contributions. I thought John Mountney, who's perhaps hasn't had as much football as as he may have merited this year. You know, once again, he's been totally reliable, totally professional, came on again, made a big contribution. I was glad to see Sean Gannon get an outing as well. He was involved in the build-up to the first goal. I mean, these are players who have been with us from, you know, the start of this glorious era. We know that players don't go on forever, that it's a short career, that you know, eventually we will have to say goodbye to some of these uh, faces. But I think there's a, there's a time and a manner in which that can be done. And basically, like you say, uh, if Cork have used winning the Cup as a springboard for, a, for winning the league the next year. And Shamrock Rovers probably did that last year as well. Right now, Dundalk are ending the season on this huge high. And I think you can basically turn that huge high that whole 
boost in morale uh, into something longer term if you begin to kind of you know nail these guys down as part of the future of the club because like even to see you know a change like uh brian gartland once again you know a real uh a performance a great character um and and when he did eventually tire after a heavy challenge and seemed to pick up a little bit of cramp and sean hoare to be able to spring him from the bench and you know knowing that you're bringing in a player with pace that's going to be able to cope with you know with the the tiring legs that may be around him uh, and of course for him to get the goal you know that that just goes to show what we've got on the bench as well as that Jordan Flores when he came on late in the game I thought he made a very good contribution we seem to be finding it hard to hold on to the ball to make consecutive passes once Jordan came on we know one of his great strengths is his, his, his passing accuracy his ability not to really waste the ball all that much so I think he deserves some uh he deserves some accolades for his performance tonight. But basically, from from the start to the finish, Gary Rogers had some really, really good quality uh, saves to make tonight. The one from the free kick, from the Burke free kick, that's that's like basically that's a daisy cutter coming in very, very quick. I would say that's a goal against most other keepers. And people are occasionally kind of question Gary's age and what have you, but he made a really technically difficult save there, and then seemed to struggle throughout the game with that with that strain that he had kind of picked up. But nonetheless, when he was called upon, uh, he was there uh, and he made a series of really important stops. And I think you could go through the full team and they all had their moments and they all played a big part in what was a real dogged performance of character and resilience and taking every set setback in their stride and eventually, you know, basically working their way back into a game, which for a team with less character and less experience probably would have drifted away from them but to to end up you know getting it to extra time and then basically winning it in extra time saving us all the trauma of penalties well i mean you know that i think that is not only a relief but you know it's it's just a tremendous night for the club and i'm sure fans are really going to enjoy it buzzing absolutely buzzing like from from tonight i, I completely agree we need to start nailing down the players on contracts because if you look at shamrock rovers they're well set up played very, very well tonight and they're all set for next season and we can't let our players just like head off to other clubs. Um, so I think it's very, very important that, you know, that the Floridians um, get the checkbook out and start nailing people down on two-year contracts. Let's be real about this. This is the League of Ireland. I don't know whether I need to educate them here on the podcast or whether they need to, I don't know, talk to somebody that knows about the League of Ireland. But... If you let these bunch of players go, you don't just replace them with any other player. Like I know um, Filippo said that he can coach any other player. Like I'm a teacher and I can teach anybody to do something, but I doubt I could teach somebody to do something at, you know, at professorship level because I'm not at that level to, to, to teach. So, um, you know, we have, to, we have to look at this thing in terms of what we have. And we have a squad of players at the moment that are exceptionally um, well uh, playing together. They did very, very well in, in Europe and they have a bond and we need to nail them down into a contract for, for next year. And uh, I miss, as I said, I missed the podcast here tonight and I wish I was, I wish, wish, I wish I took, um, took part in it. But um, yeah, I'm just buzzing on tonight's performance. I just think that we need to get these players together and, and have a go at the next year because I think that the Bulls, Rovers, they have them squads nailed down. We have a squad. We just need to nail it down and challenge next year. 
the Harry Taff tribute as well was clearly a, another emotional moment in the, the game. And while I didn't know Harry personally at all, it's clear the impact that he had on the club and many of the players involved. Like you could see that um, I think the, the tribute that was paid to him tonight was very much heartfelt. It was very much from the, all of the playing staff at the club um, and probably all of the support staff as well at the same time. And, you know, it's, I think, been a difficult year uh, in many different dimensions, uh, not just for the club, but for the whole community. And I think you could see that reflected in what the players wanted to say tonight about the performance and to see them being able to like lift the trophy, wearing like a t-shirt commemorating him at the same time. It was, I think, like a, a super powerful message. And like I say, even though I didn't know him personally, I thought there was a, a very emotional moment uh, in the whole thing. And I think um, it's our great hope that many of these players keep playing for the club uh, again in the future. Um, but just wonderful to see them tonight, like being able to celebrate, I think, along with an aspect of the community uh, at the same time, who will, you know, the, the rest of us celebrating with them. So, lads, um, any word of consolation for the Invincibles? Sorry, the Vincibles. No, um, no sympathy, because um, they, they, they were the best team in the country. I mean, the league winners are the best team in the country. We went up against them. They shaded us for most of the game. But we beat them 4-2. And it's not that like, we didn't we beat them on penalties, right? Which is sometimes, you know, like, ah, it's a coin toss, whatever. We beat them by two goals. And uh, they didn't get their double. And I will say one thing. The double is this fated thing. Because I think a lot of people, maybe some media people, and fans of that club, I think the, the double was the coronation. They were expecting to get it. Like, start laser etching the name on the trophy six weeks ago because this was supposed to be the way things are but it's not the way things are and history does not turn out the way you want it to be but at the end of the day they won the league and it i think they won it fairly but they didn't get their double they didn't get their invincible season and it's because dundalk fc beat them 4-2 <laughs> Strangely quiet from a, a couple of League of Ireland provocateurs, you know, tonight uh, on the, the Twitter machine as well. I just don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah, some of the known uh, voices. Yeah. Like themselves, I think we'll just have to take tonight off to relax uh, and bask in the glory of this Dundalk performance. Um, but yeah, I mean, all credit to the players who deserve everything for, as we said, time and again, that dogged performance. Like, let's just enjoy this. Big time. I think experience showed tonight. Like, and I, I, as I said to you, it was, I thought it was a game of two halves. I thought were very, very good. But I just think, thought that with, like, with the players on the pitch that we had tonight, we just showed experience, took our chances, um, and just, you know, did the business. Did you guys enjoy the fan zone commentary that we got from Pat Fenlon, by the way? <laughs> uh, honestly, the. Jack Byrne in the middle of the pitch. I can't remember how many Rovers players were mistaken from Jack Byrne when they say it was like he was everywhere. I think there was at least, you know, four or five Jack Burns on the field in the minds of George Hamilton. But that tackle that he had on Sean Gannon where he went in studs up, if that had been the other way around, there would have been, I'd say, 25 people surrounding the referee at the time. There would have been yellow cards dished out left, right and centre. Uh, and the fact that he, uh, it, did he get away without a booking for that? Uh, I think he did. That was, I think, one of the most telling contributions of the match uh, in terms of how your, uh, I don't know, your prestige can overcome some of the uh, natural sense that would otherwise be, be given in the game. And in contrast, I learned from Pat Fenlin that Chris Shields doesn't get fouled. He attracts fouls, which is, you know, that's, that's, I'd never thought of it quite like that before. And I think his kind of 
having played for Shamrock Rovers and having managed Shamrock Rovers, I think once again he was a, he was a good choice as a co-commentator. But this year, I think I can I'll probably really enjoy listening back to that game again and uh, enjoying Pat's increasing despair. I, I think as he began to become ever more partisan, which I suppose is fair enough given his association with the club. I thought at one point he would, in the commentary box, just you know whip open the overcoat to reveal the green and white scarf that he was obviously wearing beneath. He managed to swallow his pride and give uh, Man of the Match to Davy Mack. Like, um, I thought for a second he was going to give it to Jack Byrne anyway. So <laughs> Only took a hat trick for him to get that, by the way. Davy Mack had, had to do what people never ever do in order to get that. Like that that's, that's the mountain Davy Mack had to climb in order to wrest it from Jack Byrne's arms. You know what I mean? I mean, I think they had already etched the, the, the Man of the Match statue, right? So Davy Mack had to score a hat trick in order for them to tip X out that. By the way, I will say as well, not only the cup final, but I think from a quarterfinal, semi-final run, this is a, you know, this, those three games, uh, this, this, if you put it in, in context, this is a cup run to remember because from Bowes at loan to this, I don't I know. I think we. I fucking... love the stats on a quarterfinal, semi-final, final goal tally. Goal, yeah, yeah. Goal tally stormed yeah. to us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Listen, guys, it's been a fantastic night. We, you know, the, the FAI Cup. It's a really difficult trophy to win. I mean, even having had such a glorious period, you know, uh, those great battles that we had with Cork City, we know that you know. This is a this is a really tricky trophy. Even when you're champions and you can be champions by quite some distance, they're always tense affairs. They're always they're always tight affairs. Uh, they're always you know games that have you absolutely on the edge of your seat. Tonight we came out the better of a six goal thriller, and I think a lot of our stars in the squad are shining again that little bit brighter. Um, it's going to be a great night for every Dundalk FC fan, and hopefully it's going to be the platform on which we can build. A, a great season to come. Um, after our last podcast, we got a little bit of feedback. Some people enjoyed it, but I think tonight they said, hey, lads, how about a bit of positivity? Uh, so let's just agree that we're going to enjoy what was an historic performance, a great performance. We've got a trophy that we really love. It's back with us. Uh, it has in the past been a platform for league challenges the following year, which have been successful. That's what we're all hoping for. So to all the Dundalk FC fans that might be out there listening to us tonight, enjoy what was a tremendous performance by a brilliant group of players. And uh, we'll talk to you again after the Arsenal match.